Yeah. yeah, it was very funny to me because, you know, we keep it in passing and we just walk by and all. So sometimes it's good to have this in front of your eyes because it says, write the vision before your eyes that you may see it. I just believe the frequency of heaven that's right now still in this place. So I don't know why, Alan, you even tried to get up and come back here. <laughs> just come, Holy Spirit. Every mountain, every mountain that seems to weigh you down, everything that comes to just bother you, just right now, just stand in that frequency of heaven. So Lord, we just say, oh God, right now, in that frequency of heaven, everything to shake off. In the power of our lips, we decree, we're taking it back. Again, and 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 just pull it right now. Just grab a hold of it. Just even right now. Just pull it as you're even sitting over there right now. Just grab it and pull it. Even like the prophet said, it got shoot arrows in the ground. And then you just shot a few. Do not be tired. Do not be in, in that space. This is the power of God. Just pull it right now. There's nothing that you have to do. You're just acknowledging. You're just saying the decree of my lips is saying I'm taking back my health. I'm taking back my finances. I'm taking back that everything that was stolen from me. I'm taking it back. I'm taking it back because right now the frequency of heaven is here. That everything that bothers you is falling off. It's like that sonic, just that sonic that just basically shakes things off you right now. Right now, every dead thing to go. Every dead thing to go right now in the name of Jesus. Just right now. The presence of God. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Alan, I told you you were a spark of fire. There was a spontaneous thing over you. So even right now, I just command forest fires to begin through you. Forest fires to begin through you. It's like you have visited this place before. It has crossed your life before. It has marked you before. And even right now, it's coming back again. It's coming back again. It's coming back again. So let the coursings of heaven just go through. Let the coursings of heaven just go through. Right now. Right now. Right now, there's a revisitation of things, oh God, that you desire. There's a revisitation of 20 years ago that things happened. And even right now, I'm just saying, oh God, that's what marked your life. And that's what is going to cause the forest fire to begin. So even let it begin right now. Let it begin. 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 Fresh. 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 Happy birthday. Ha. Ha. Yeah, let our birthdays be like this, God. Let our birthdays be like this, O oh God, that on our faces, O oh God, constantly, O oh God, constantly, O oh God, before you, O oh God. So, Father, even right now, just release it. Just release it, O oh God. Yeah. No more ankle problems. No more. So, even I speak fire to your feet. Fire to your feet. Right now, in Jesus' name. Ha. Ha. Yeah, I have a message. Yeah, I have a message. But the importance is what God wants right now. Yeah. Yeah. There is a saying that I heard this morning. A friend of mine basically said it. <laughs> he said, when many things bother you or troubling you, that means you have forgotten the one thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, how many of you have a lot of things that are bothering you? Go back to that one thing. Just go back to that one thing. Jesus. The presence of Jesus. Go back to that one thing. Go back to that one place like that first song was. That one thing, one thing I desire. Oh, I don't even know that song. <laughs> but it said it, I'm pretty sure. It's in the chorus. Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. Just more. Just more. I believe that there is a transition between from the outskirts, as he was saying, into the presence of God. I believe there's happening a transition. And we're just getting a taste. We're getting a flavor. We're getting a sense of what it feels like. It's like, you know, they, if you go to the mall and they give you those little tasters, I don't know if they still give you. But like, you know, try to draw you into the presence of God. And this is kind of one of those things. It's an invitation. It's very funny. I, I call this a tapestry. And you're like, that's a mess. How does that look like a tapestry? Many times in our life, God comes and he visits us. And then we just move on. And then he just comes back again. And he moves us. He comes back again. And for some reason, where's Dalton? Dalton left, right? Okay. Oh, he, so Dalton, for some reason, even though he can listen to this later, for some reason there's a thing about his life that God has come in, visited him, and again visiting him, and it's like this tapestry is being woven around a single person. But it's in unison with everybody in this room that we are all together, put together in the union of Christ, and we become that beautiful tapestry that God is so pleased about, that is so happy about, that he rejoices over us. It's not one person. You see, what happens is that we just look at this thing and say, one person. It's not. If I could hide, I would hide behind that sign and preach. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. Because it's not about me. Oh, oh Delton, I was talking about you. And if for some reason I feel that this, you coming to our church is not just because of something. It's a God-ordained moment. It's like you have been through this moment before. You've been where the God has just encountered your life, and he has gone through you. And so even right now, I just bring you back to that place. Yeah. Yeah, you know the power and might of God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so every wall come down. Yeah. He's just going to run after God. He's just going to burn the way he wants you to burn. Yeah, that frequency of heaven. I release that this morning unto you. Yeah. Yeah. It's not mine, it's his. Yeah. And even as he's saying thank you, my two things that I do in worship is thank you and I love you. Those are the only two things that come out of my lips normally. And then it's just stand and cry. And just stand and cry. Nothing else. Yeah, there's no hurry to go back if you want to just sit up in front. Let that frequency basically knock things off your life, even right now. I just feel that frequency of God just breaking things off your life. Yeah. Yeah, just release it. Yeah. God's in this room for you, Dalton, today. Just for you. He loves you. So even right now, any kind of sickness, even in the fingers and everything, all that, 
right now. Just right now, receive healing. Just healing. You know, David wanted to bring back the presence of God. My, my story is not about David, but it relates to this taking back. And in taking back, David wanted to bring the ark of the presence back to his house or the city of David, right? And to me, when I think of it, in those days, ark of the presence, what we consider the modern church would be revival, right? Everybody, because David asks, hey, do we need revival? Do we want to bring this ark back? And everybody were like, yeah, 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 let's go bring it back. And what is funny is that 1 Samuel 6, that's when the Philistines returned the ark, right? They put it on this cart and they sent it. And then it was basically these people opened it and, you know, some people died. And, oh, yeah, it's all messy. But that's what happens. It's messy. <laughs> yeah. This is how funny it is. 1 Samuel 7, verse 1 and 2. So the men of Kiriath-Jerim came and took the ark of the Lord and brought it into the house of Abinadab on the hill and consecrated Eliezer his son to have charge of the ark of the Lord. And the ark remained in Kiriath-Jerim a very long time, nearly 100 years through Samuel's entire judgeship, Samuel's reign, and well into David's when it was brought into Jerusalem. For it was 20 years before all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. 20 years. The presence of God was there. 20 years, they didn't really want it. They didn't care about it. It reminds me of like people, I don't know what this is, year three after COVID? Yeah, they don't really care about the presence of God. Whoever decided that, oh yeah, we can do online church, do online church, that's fine. Are you really running after the presence of God? My question to you is that. And I'm basically being bold and I'm saying it. You see, we need to talk, say, hey, do you really care about the presence of God? Or are you just, it's okay. Online church is the same like, you know, I can sip my coffee and I can drink my iced coffee and I can be rolled in my bed. <laughs> do I really care about the presence of God? Yeah, stop making those excuses. Yeah. One Chronicles thirteen, six and twelve. Or you can go to two Samuel six, four and nine. This is when David is bringing the ark back, right? Can you put it up? Yeah, go from yeah, verse four. So they brought it with the ark of God from the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill and I'm not sure of that. Ohio was walking in front of the ark. Okay. And good. Meanwhile, David and all the house of Israel were celebrating, dancing before the Lord with all kinds of instruments made of fur, cypress wood with lyres, harp, tambourines, castanets, and cymbals. Next. When they came to Nacon's threshing floor, Uzzah reached out with his hand to the ark of the God, ark of God and took hold of it because the oxen stumbled and were nearly overturned. Okay, you've got to understand this in this global movement of revival, that there will be celebrations. There will be lots of like, oh, wow, it's happening, it's happening, it's happening. Stadium events, people from all over will basically come. And then suddenly, because of a lack of even understanding what the move of God is or what God is doing, a moment like this can happen. I'm reminding you because it's like they forgot 
that the cart was not the way of God. The ark of God was not to be bought on the cart. It was to be carried. It was to have that, like we carry that thing. We carry that presence. You and me carry that presence. The way of the Philistines was the cart. They put the ark back on the cart and they sent it. And somewhere down the line, the church has basically become this whole coffee, donut, everything. And let me just do the celebration. But I have no decorum to what the presence of God is, what God said. Do you hear me? A global movement of God hinging on this one moment in the presence of God can be derailed because of lack of understanding what God has called us to be. The way of the Philistines has become your way. Think of it. This is the priests. These are the Levites. These are all the high-standing people who are supposed to know the scriptures, are repeating it day in and day out when they're going in the presence of God. And still have no understanding that this presence of God was not on the cart. It was on the shoulders of us. Think of it. People go without the presence of God. Ha! Who cares? I'm doing the works of God. Ha! Let me do the works of God. Let me bring the celebration in. Let me sing. Oh, how many guitars we have? Oh, we need six more guitars. Oh, let's get three more drums. Let's get loudspeakers. And I'll put that on the stadium. But the lack of understanding what the presence of God requires. That's where this church and the global, I'm, I'm even staying on the global movement. I'm not even coming down to the church level. You see, I, there are different types you can basically preach. I can preach to individual people. I can speak to you. I can minister to you. But today, I feel the presence of God, and I'm basically saying this out loud. You may hear it. You may never hear it. Or you, but in future, when these global movements happen, when these movements happen, you have to watch for that presence of God. I cannot step on the stage if there's sin in my life. That awareness has to become prime. I cannot come here and just play a song just because I'm an, I, I can do it. Uh-uh. Your flesh is not required. Your flesh is not required. Yeah, the angels will come and make music. The angels will come and make music. Even the stones will cry out. That's what my Bible says. I do not need that. I do not need mishaps in the house of God. I do not need that basically people are killed just because they just took it so light and casual, sipping my coffee and keeping my hat on and twisted it around. I'm not in that. I'm not in that. It's, it's kind of crazy that I'm, think, I'm, I'm calling it old school, okay? But it's not old school. This is the way of the Lord. Why are you saying that it's old school? Because it's just, oh, you stopped doing it 20 years ago. Think of it. We have never understood at all. Let, let's look cool. I just did this. It's like, you know, if you don't like my Jesus, think of it like a tunic. Easy thought that I was a priest. I came dressed as a priest. He asked me if I wanted holy water to sprinkle in the church. Really? That's what he asked me. I was like, okay, cool. Let's do that. Like, you know, like, but that's what it was. But I want you to come to that understanding. Uzzah was a Levite priest. He knew the ways of God. It was in his house. 
Okay, 20 years the presence of God was put over there, and still he never did the right thing. He never did the right thing. You have been to church years over years over years, okay? And we have had church years over years over years. And yet, when the presence of God is, you do not know what to do. You do not know how to treat the presence of God. You do not know how to be gentle with the presence of God. Yes, the road down is rocky. Yes, it's a steep hill. Yes, everything will fall, everything will collapse. But hey, we need to know what to do with the presence of God as it is written. That's it. The presence of God is on you. The presence of God is in you. Each of us in this place carries the presence of God. Now, what do you do with it? How do you maintain it? How do you increase it? To me, to me, that's all it is. We cannot have a casual attitude to the things of God. Otherwise, Uzzah-like events will cause kings like David to get scared and run away from the presence of God. That's what happened. When Uzzah got hit, basically, I think 1 Samuel 4, 6 to 9 or something. No, yeah, at the end of that, the verse 9, it basically says, when, go, go to the next one. 7, 8, 9. And the anger of the Lord burned against Uzzah, and God struck him, therefore his irreverence, and he died there by the ark of God. Next. David became angry, grieved, offended. All that you become. Because you don't know what to guard the presence of God is doing. Because your whole party got destroyed. Because of the Lord's outburst against Uzzah. And that place has been called Peruza to this day. Next. Verse 9. So David was afraid of the Lord that day. And he said, how can the ark of the Lord come to me? This is David who wrote the first 70-something chapters of your Psalms. He was afraid of God. He became Adam. That Adam was afraid of God. He didn't want to go back into the presence of God. This is scripture I'm reading to you. People asked me last week or a week ago, something, 10 days, and said, if there was one person in history, who would you want to meet? And people are like David and, you know, Saul and, you know. To me, it was not. It was the person who we, David encounters next. Was, let me go to that. I do 1 Chronicles 13. 13. And so David did not bring the ark home to the city of David, but carried it into the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, a Levitical porter born in Gatramon. He just took it over there. <laughs> he just took it. Have you, have you ever heard that name, Obed-Edom? Think of it, Obed-Edom. He is my hero. He was not King David. He didn't write anything. He didn't do anything. But Obed-Edom, the first time I heard about Obed-Edom, I was hooked on. This is my favorite story in the Bible. The ark of God where even destruction happens. But one man basically knows the reverence of God and can change the course of history and bring it back to Israel. One man. You could be that one person carrying the presence of God, knowing to honor the presence of God. David didn't want it. The high and mighty guys didn't want it because they were like, hey, my sin will be revealed or something will go wrong. I'm angry. I'm offended with God. He didn't do things what I wanted. You're right? Because David said, hey, God, I'm bringing you. I build this thing. I collected all these wood and all that for you. And he's like, eh, but the presence of God was not treated the way it was supposed to be treated. Never happened. 
There are people who have lived for their lives to see revival. But because they have just gone on to do the gimmicks, I'll call it gimmicks, and basically everything that seemed to like, you know, the smoke and, you know, the smoke machine and the coffee outside, uh, all that. But the presence of God was not honored the way it had to be honored. That's what should bother you. When you see that presence of God and you don't have to do a thing. You just have to stay in that presence. Doesn't matter what my flesh is saying. Doesn't matter how tired my flesh is. Doesn't matter how I feel right now. But Lord, I know that I have to honor your presence. Yeah. As we were saying, it's like, you, if there's one thing left in you, just give it unto God. That one shout, that one praise. If there's one hand that you're able to raise in his presence, just raise that. If there's one word you can say, and that's it, leave it all on the table. The presence of God. Learn to honor the presence of God. And the ark of, this is verse 14, 1 Chronicles 13, verse 14. And the ark of God remained with the family of Obedidim in his house three months. And the Lord blessed the house of Obedidim and all that he had. Yeah. That's all we want, really. The selfish us wants just that, the blessings of the Lord. Can I tell you that? Be honest. We, we, we basically just, hey, I became a Christian. I, wasn't, I didn't have a job. I was illegal in Kuwait, and then I encountered the presence of God, and I became a Christian because, hey, everything will get fixed. You'll get a job. You know, all those things. You'll get the blessings of the Lord, and we have taken the blessings of the Lord, and we are happy, and we're like, hey. And for the next 20 years, we have just lived a life that just has that token of I was saved. Just the token of like, hey, this is where we are. You know, this is how I do things. And I'll keep Christianity. I'll come to church. I'll say hello to every of y'all, you know. And, and to me, that's the problem. People are there only for the blessings of the Lord. Not because, like, they want to know him. The Bible says that single one thing, that one thing that we know, that I may know him. Paul, after writing everything in the Bible basically says at the end of it is that I may know him. How much more we need to know that part of it first. You know, we try to read like, you know, chronologically. And sometimes it's okay to read the last part of it and say, hey, at the end, basically, Paul is just saying he still wants to know God. We think we know God. We know how God moves. We know how, what will happen. We know all how our worship will climb up and climb down. And that's why sometimes I just come up and I just change the flow of the things. Because I just said, God, what do you want to do? He's like, do you want to pray for people first? I said, sure. You know, because we don't have to have a flow that is ordained from us. It has to be ordained from heaven that this day, this morning, he was born. Unto us a son is given. Huh. I could laugh at that. <laughs> but there is that intent of heaven. Jesus was given to us for this morning a different way that we have never seen before. That all of heaven and earth is rejoicing and saying, holy, holy, holy. And they are on their faces bowing down. On their face bowing down. Just saying, holy, holy, holy. 
In that lips, the power of my lips, everything that is unclean has to leave this place even right now. In Jesus' name. Right now, the power of my lips. Yeah. Yeah, you, you are powerful. What you speak is powerful. What you decree is powerful. Right now, just decree. In Jesus' name. Just decree what do you want over your life in, right now. Just right now. Every knee to be healed right now. Left knee, right knee, every kind of meniscus stare, everything even right now. Be healed. We declare it. And the power of my lips, who are you, a mountain? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Ninety days, the ark of God stayed in Obadiah's house. And then David wanted it back. Sometimes the presence of God leaves all that we are doing and is at somebody else's place and it causes us to become jealous. It causes us to say, hey, I knew when we used to have this, you know, when the presence of God was there. And you didn't even have to do anything. And people, there were meetings, I'm telling you, and this is when we were in Kuwait, that you didn't even have to do anything. You just come on stage, you mumble something, and the whole place would fall down on their faces. And it was not me. Literally, I'm telling you this, that presence of God I've seen, and it was coming back again and stronger because we are going from glory to glory to glory to glory. Yeah, we're not just staying at that one, this thing. You see, we had no idea in Kuwait. And I'm telling you this is because we were having like gold dust happen. This is early 2000. Okay, early 2000, we had it. We had no understanding. We had no social media then say, hey, this is happening in this. Oh, there's a revival over there that is that. And then you had to like, you know, go to Charlotte or go to Toronto and you're like, oh, okay, this is what's happening. We had no idea why people are just falling down. And we didn't have carpet. We had tile, cold tile, and we had people on the floor for hours, stuck to that. We had one place, there was only a mat, like in the front, we had a thin kind of mat, right? And you could feel the cold through that. And we, we were in a tent, we were in a literal tent in Kuwait, and literally the wind would blow through and you could feel it. And you're like, wow. But there are people stuck on the floor, can't move, can't drive, can't go back, have no idea, healed of cancer, completely. Completely. You see, the presence of God is able. It carries everything that we need. And when I say frequency of God, it's basically the presence of God. The presence of God in that moment is able to bring your body right now. Every hormone to come into proper alignment right now in Jesus' name. Just right now, receive it. Just right now, every blood level to come into proper alignment right now because of the blood of Jesus. By his stripes you are healed. Just right now. Hmm. So somehow in this transition that when Obadiah got blessed, David basically gets, hey, I need this back. You know, I want this, right? And so he basically goes in. But now what David does is basically he offers a sacrifice every six steps. Every six steps they take, you know, I think it's, they said it was five kilometers between where Obadiah's house at, where David wanted it. And every six steps he made an offering. It costs you something. 
to bring the blessing of God, to carry this presence of God will cost you something. We want it by just saying, okay, we're here. We'll shout revival, revival, revival. Oh, yeah, the presence of God. But for the true presence of God, where the dead shall be raised, it will cost you. Be ready. It's like, I, I, for, for, if you want to see that power of God that is never seen before, I'm, I'm telling you even right now, it was going to cost you. This plain Christianity or whatever you want to call it, dollhouse Christianity is not going to work. It is not going to work. It will be stark moments where basically lightning will come. It happened, right? And Tommy Tenney basically, you know, in that church over there, they had this big podium and suddenly the whole podium just cracked under the power of God. And then the whole place, every service, I think people couldn't even enter and they were all on their faces even unto the parking lot. That's the kind of power of God I'm talking about. Let me introduce you to that power of God, which is just a taste of heaven. And there's so much more. There's so much more. Go to Psalms 84. If you get the heading, fine. If not, I'll read it. In It says, Psalm 84, to the chief musician set to the Philistine lute or possibly a particular guitar tune, a psalm of the sons of Korah. Okay? You know what this psalm is known for? For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I think it's worse than. I would rather be a doorkeeper and stand at the threshold in the house of God than to dwell at ease in the tents of wickedness. <laughs> you know who possibly wrote this? He was a Gittite. We read the Bible. It said that he was a Gittite. The Gittite was close to the Philistines. That's why it was where the border, where you know, the ark came. And he was a son of Korah. If you want to go, I think it's Joshua 21, 20 to 26, where it says how the land was allotted to the Kohatites and you know, how they basically... But he was a son of Korah. He came from the descendant of Korah. A man who just had a 90-day encounter with God suddenly wants to become a gatekeeper. And it, uh, I'll go back to that if you want. 1 Chronicles 15, 24. At the end, Obadidim and Jehiah were also gatekeepers for the ark. Somewhere... In that 90 day when David came back, he brokered a deal with David and said, Hey David, do you mind if I just become a gatekeeper? Because he's a Levite. He's not some ordinary person. He is allowed to be in the presence of God. He's allowed to. But he said, Hey, can I just be a gatekeeper? Phil, what do you think? If you were just there and you were just standing at the door and you were just a gatekeeper, you were just saying, Welcome, hello, come in. And the presence of God is here. Because you, all you cared about was the presence of God. Right? Our understanding is we are all looking for platforms. We are all looking to be how many million followers on thing. What if you were so desperate for the presence of God, it didn't matter what you did over there, you just opened the door. said, I'll just stand guard. We, we want, we want a, 
I don't even know what you call it. It's just we want our flesh to thrive. We want our flesh to be high up. We want our pride to be high and lifted up. And we say, yeah, we're lifting Jesus up, but hey, look at me. Look at me how I look. Think of it. This porter, he was a porter. Levitical porter now has become a gatekeeper of the presence of God. He could have stopped at that 90 day he was blessed. Most Christians, that's where we stop. 90, that's it. Hey, I got all my blessings, I'm good for the rest of my life. When the next battle comes, and sometimes it never will ever come, because you're not a threat to the enemy. So you just here, you're cruising, you're cruising, hey. You think you're living the life, the destiny of God. I have news for you, maybe you're not even scratching the surface. Right? Because a lot of people are cruising, a lot of Christians. This message is offensive to a lot of people. It'll offend them, make them angry, like how David got angry. Because, hey, they don't have the presence of God. You have that presence of God. The more you talk about the presence of God, the presence of God increases. Remember, we were talking about healings. We were saying, hey, the more we say hey, all our testimonies, healings will increase. Healings do increase. The more you talk about the presence of God, your flesh doesn't like it. <laughs> it bothers your flesh. It bothers it because you have to give up ways that you were so used to. You have to go back to praying. You have to get back to basically saying, Oh God, I really love your presence, but let me go do other things. You would have to change all those ways. You have to fight. The Levites had a sword, right? When anything was done wrong, the Levites had the ability and the authority to basically kill those people. If anything was done wrong in the presence of God, that was the Levite, basically. They carried a sword. You have to fight for the presence of God in your life. You're carrying the sword. You're carrying for your life. You're carrying it for your family. You have to be able to fight that presence of God. What may come? Busy, 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 busy. You know, we're just busy. Hey, fight that. Fight. I don't care about the presence of God. Okay, that's your choice. For what you want to see manifest in your life, you have to fight for that. You have to fight for that. The Levite sword was not like, you know, the cutting-edge sword or something. It was just a standard Levite sword. But in the power and authority of God, it was able to do great damage. Above all that people can even ask or think, I believe that you would be able to cause things to change. Let me see. Hey, this is my favorite person in the Bible, right? So to me, it's like, you know, I have a lot of this, like I basically... Love, but like how John says, in closing, <laughs> I will, I will, I will. Don't worry. <laughs> I guess I lost. I just keep it very simple. The third part of it is Obed-Edom and his sons somehow found a way to serve God. 
when your family sees you serving or just how you took care of God's presence in your house, it will change everybody around you. Obadidim had that. He never took it lightly like Uzzah. He never took it lightly. It's, I think, what's that? 1 Chronicles 26, 1 to 8, right? And it basically lists out all his eight sons and everything. And then verse 8, all these were sons of Obadidim, in whose house the ark was kept, with their sons and brethren, strong and able men for the service, 62 in all. 62 family members started serving God because of one person who encountered the presence of God and learned to honor it. 62. And they all served God because they were full and able. Sometimes we think, eh, it's my kid's choice how they choose God. Really? The way you honor God, you think your kids will choose God? I'm putting it out there. Let it challenge you. It should make people desperate. Sometimes I just don't care about how I worship because I want people to be challenged to say, hey, there is a level of worship which is not like just standing quiet. Be bold, be loud, let tears stream down my face. I don't care. At that point, I don't care whether the camera is in my face. They are nobody to me. They are nobody to me. I fight with them all the time when they put a camera in my face because I'm crying. And they know who I are, and they'll listen to this also. But, <laughs> you know, but to me, when I'm one with God, I'm one with Him. At that place, I am guarding it. I don't care whether you're blowing your nose. I don't care whether you're coughing in my face. It doesn't matter. I am one with Him. This is where I'm supposed to be. This is who I'm called to be. This is what I was born to do. This is what my calling is. It's not anything else. Just to be one with Him. Just to know to just be in that presence. And just be. I don't have to do things. So even right now, Father, we just come to you. We just come to you. Let your presence increase. It is not about flesh. Flesh will die. Flesh should decrease that you may increase. So even right now, Holy Spirit, we just come to you this evening, this afternoon, and we just say, Holy Spirit, just come. Teach us to walk with a real reverence of the things of God. Most importantly, your presence. So Holy Spirit, just come right now. Yeah, every tension, every tension be gone. There is no tension in the presence of God. There is no tension. Every stress, every stress-related symptoms, even right now, Right now, Jesus, yeah, there is an ease in the presence of God. Every body that needs to be healed, we call it healed right now. Line up, line up, line up with how God made you. Just line up, yeah, yeah. Just right now.
Father, we pray, minister to every heart, every heart in this place, because out of the heart flow the issues of life. So every issue that has seemingly multiplied and become too much because they left that one thing. Father, we ask you forgiveness. We stand in the gap and we ask you forgiveness, Jesus, that maybe we find that one thing. May we go back to that one thing that we desire, the one thing. Father, even right now, just release it. Obadidim was even jealous of the swallow that had a nest in the presence of God. <laughs> How much more should we? Father, we pray for a marking of our lives. Yeah, every person right now, you would have multiple times that you think that you met God, and God has met you many more times than you even understood that he had come by to your house and knocked your door. And then one fine day, you just said, okay, Jesus. And now he's coming back again. He's knocking on your heart. He says, let me in. Let me in. There is no speed. There is no race that you have to finish. You just have to go one day at a time. I just believe this. For some people, you have put and you have made an idol of what you have to accomplish in life. Yeah. No, 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 no. The goal was not to get that cart or the presence of God on a cart and come as fast as we can down the hill. No, 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 no. The presence was just to walk one day at a time. Holy Spirit, just give us the ability to do one day at a time. We ask for your grace, Holy Spirit.